and welcome to the We Out Here Pro Vibing podcast, where we stay out here pro-vibing. It's your boy, Zach. And I'm your boy, Nat. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, um, this podcast is just Zach and I having some chats about really important topics that we feel really need to be chatted about. But this week is an extra, extra special week because we have the most amazing guest. Maz is with us this week. Maz, say hey. hi. What it do? How are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're good that you're on this podcast. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and be- before we start, before we even hear from you, we just want to shout you out because Maz is someone who we both look up to. What we hold in the highest regard, you know, a real top tier human being uh, in every way. Um, your energy, your passion for everything. You just have more life than most people do, which is a weird thing to say, but... Y'all need to stop. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> Maz brings a certain type of energy that only Maz can bring. No, <laughs> it's, 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 that, it's that Zim vibe. It's Zim vibes, man. Zim vibes. Zim vibes, exactly. For sure. Exactly. Now, Maz, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, we know about you, but why don't you tell us a bit about yourself for the people out here listening who maybe need a bit of Maz in their lives? Oh, everybody need a little bit of Maz in their life. Um, but cliff notes, um, I am a 21-year-old Zimbabwean international medical school student at Cardiff University. Um, you know, just out here, as y'all say, pro-vibing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's me. Um, I, you know, I love Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm here to, to make sure that my life points to the fact that God is good. So that's, that's me. That's some good stuff. A fellow medic, we love it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, as we do every single week, um, before we start on our topic for this week, we have to do our Vibey Song of the Week. So, Maz, how about you? You go first. Oh, y'all gentlemen, ladies first. I I see you. (laughs) Um, All right. um, I think right now my favourite song is Lord Send Revival. Um, And it is by... Hillsong Worship Young and Free or Hillsong Young and Free. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. But you guys, y'all need to y'all need to jump on that because God is sending revival and it's it's mad. So that's my song right now. Mm, that's a, I, I, I can um I can vouch. It's a it's a <laughs> hell of hell of a song. Hell of a song. <laughs> how about you, Zach? Uh I'm going for it's a li- little bit old school, but it's called This Is What You Do by Bethel Music. Um, it's like a just a nice acoustic song. I remember my old church back home used to sing it way back in the day when I was little, and I just remembered it kind of recently. So, um, yeah, we're going for it. Maz, I'm also clocking because we're on, we're on Zoom, but I can see in your background it says Lord Send Revival. You know what? I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to like you know. But it's on my wall. It's on my whiteboard. It says Lord Send Revival. Can you come in power? Would you cover this land? And I got a little picture yeah. of Africa, but I'm not forgetting the UK and whatnot. But yeah. Mm. Yes, chef. <laughs> yes, chef. Um, Nat, how about you, bro? Um, so my, I've been listening to this quite a lot recently, but it's called, um, Safe by, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's Antoine Bradford. Um, and it's such a good song. And the chorus basically says, cause if loving you is putting me in danger, then I don't ever want to be safe. So that, I'm just going to leave that out there. But I was <laughs> like, wow, it's so, he's got such a good voice. Um, so yeah, that's my vibe song of the week. But yeah. Oh, I, I love it. 
Um, that's two minutes in and you're already like dropping one line bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, anyway, so this week, um, Maz, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, but this week we wanted to talk about racism. Um, so that in itself, I just think, you know, I think a lot of like oh, little gasps. Like, oh, but, Ooh, they went um, there. They really went there. <laughs> Um, yes but basically um we really really have been thinking about this particular episode for quite a long time um because when we were just starting the podcast the black lives matter movement was um becoming a thing um a lot of racism in the asian community with coronavirus it's been a huge thing but it is getting talked about more and we thought on this podcast we, we should also definitely talk about it especially with an amazing guest like maz um and just to put I guess, the lens of what Jesus thinks about it and what the Bible says about it and what we think about it. So especially speaking from Maz and I's, you know, maybe personal experience as well, we basically thought this would be a great episode to talk about um, honestly, what racism is, um, how it's affected us and possibly how we can move forward in a way of change and Maz, as you said, revival in this particular, you know, issue that is so, so real and it's so so you know um present in our days you know so we're going to kick it off basically by talking about um maz and i's you know relationship with racism our experiences with it um how we've journeyed through it um and how we see it from where we are now so maz i'll hand it over to you um i just want to jump in right there quickly and say um this is a really cool conversation to have because I don't know if y'all noticed, but I'm black. Um, <laughs> Nat is obviously Korean and Zach is white. And I think that is a crazy, beautiful picture of heaven and of mm-hmm. the kingdom. So, you know, if you're listening to this, this is not a conversation between black people between white people between you know korean people between like it's not just one race or one nationality this is this is people from like wherever and you know with different histories and different perspectives um not all the perspectives but definitely you know we're crossing we're crossing um you know countries and and, um and continents Mm -hmm. so so there is some 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 wide and varied perspective in this um having said that uh when when we were chatting, kind of preparing for this, I, I, I really was kind of wary about talking about racism, like how it was racism. Because so I was like, you know, not not to, I, I listen. I want to hear you know, people should speak their hurt, and and it's important to listen to that. But I, I don't. We don't want to start sounding like a broken record, being like, oh, I've been hurt by racism, I've been hurt by racism. like we know that, you know. And 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 sometimes when we people talk about hurt by from racism, uh, people don't people don't like hearing sad things. Do you know what I mean? And so people can also become very numb to sad stories and so no longer respond to them with change. They respond to them being like, that's sad. The same way I think when people think of world hunger. It's like, you know, it's sad, but we hear it so often we become numb to it. So I, in saying that, I think it's so important to to see the hurt and to be honest about it because there's hurt. But at the same time, to see like kind of the effects of the hurt if that makes sense. So my my story isn't necessarily going to be a story of 
when someone has been racist to me, it's it's more a story of the sad the sadness and the hurt that comes from racism. So uh, I'll just you know jump right in. Growing up a little black girl in Zimbabwe, you know, majority black country, you know, a couple of white people. So, so re- really interesting. And I grew up in a white, white area. My parents were, you know, worked hard for, for in their jobs and so sent us to private schools. So that's where most of the white people were. Um, so already I'm starting to form a picture in my mind, which says that um, if you're white, you go to the better schools because that's, we never saw white people in government schools at home. Right. Um, I'm looking at the areas that I live in. It's a nice area. The areas my cousins or other people I know live in aren't so well to do. And there are no white people in there and there's only white people in my areas. Okay. So white people are richer, right? So if you want to do better in life, you know, the picture of the top and the better was white people. I was like, cool. That's the aim, right? As any person would do in terms of like what, you know, you want to do better. Um, I would look at like who had the nicest stuff, like in terms of like toys or whatever, white people, you know, we're in school, we're learning English, who's speaking English the best, white people. So I'm like, wow, white people, it's where, that's where it's at. Like, that's where I'm trying to be mm-hmm. right. Naturally, not even because someone's telling me this in my ear. It's just what I'm seeing, you know, one plus one equals two. And then on TV, you know, in Zimbabwe, um, TV is quite um, westernized. Like, it's, it's pretty much a lot of American TV, to be honest. So I'm seeing, like, the beautiful actresses, the TV shows of the people I like and whatever. They're all white. You, you can't blame a, a little girl for putting two and two together. You know, clearly, the aim is to be white. So this little black girl starts doing her best to, to make herself as white as possible. And I will tell you with... with with honesty and sadness that like I wanted to be white um I wanted the long smooth hair I didn't want the kinky hair that I had that my mom had to like spend hours combing through while I cringed and cried out like why god why didn't you give me white skin and white hair um I saw that white people seem to have it easier in life you know they didn't have this history of pain and so forth um so again that looks better they didn't have the slavery you know they were the conquerors you know they were as society was showing me and I was deducing from what I was seeing, they were the superior race. Um, so this is less of a story because white people were, tally- were doing things to me consciously. It was me living as a product of the systemic racism that is in our society. And I remember one story, and that's kind of really my, um, my central realization of how racist the world we live in is. We went to Mozambique with my mom. My bless my mom drove all the way to um Beira, which is is like the coast, which and I live in a landlocked country, so it was it was quite a long drive, almost like a day's worth. Me and my sister um are in the car and whatever. We get to the beach, really nice place. My mom puts us in this really nice lodge, really, really lovely place. Um but you know, little girl can't help but notice there ain't no white people here i'm starting to question the quality of the place my mom has sent us because there are no white people we go to the beach and it's more black people and i really said with my whole chest i said to my mom mom like i don't think this is a really nice place she goes oh why and i was like because there are no white people and in that moment i didn't even see what was wrong with what i was saying i didn't even clock i thought that makes sense you know white people have it best clearly this is not the best because there are no white people here um and that's one one story that should really make your heart sink. And it makes my heart sink because how how dare society tell me that good can only be white? 
you know we we see it in the words that we use white means peace and black is dirt black is bottom tier you know um so i think for me it was less um just because obviously i lived in a majority black country i could avoid racism if i wanted to right if i just didn't hang out with those girls at school um but i think for me the effects of racism were more in what society was subconsciously teaching me about myself and so subsequently i grew up throughout my teenage years whitewashing myself and trying as hard as possible to listen to white music to dress like white girls um to have what white people had i'll tell you this i used to love samsung phones until the white girls all had iPhones and i was like mama i want me an iphone and i have been an iphone girl ever since <laughs> um <laughs> that's not that's not necessarily fully a white thing but the the intent for me at the beginning was to be white um yeah. and then and like lastly one thing again that really hits me is i was chatting to my friend who's now in australia and he's also black and um he was saying you know what's really sad is that at school so he went to a boys school and he said at school when they used to rate girls like let's put aside the fact that rating girls isn't great let's let's we all know that but let's move past that they're rating girls you know as apparently boys do to be honest girls do that too um <laughs> but they're rating boys and um he said at school if you were a girl, if you were a black girl and you were like a 6, right? Like that was your level, right? But if there was a white girl who was a 6 as well in terms of beauty, she automatically became a 7 because she was white. Like she she automatically got an extra point cuz she's white. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 but she's a 7 cuz you know, she's white. So she gets that extra point. And I was like, wow. Automatically by being white, you are automatically more beautiful. How degrading is that to black women? And I was just like, So for me I think it's my hurt has been this effect of systemic racism less so the direct pain of someone saying something to me because I was black. Um but yeah I think that's my story and I yeah it really it makes you stop and think to think that it's not just in places where there's ethnic minorities and there's less of you than them it's everywhere in the world like it's systemic yeah. you know. But yeah. Wow. Wow that's so good. It's mad how like although there's no like out and out you know like that straight up in your face like not even subtle mad crazy racism it, there's none yeah. of that in the story but it's just a lot of like that little microaggressions yeah. little things mm. build up to kind of form a like subconscious picture of it Do you yeah. know I mean? it's like lots of little subtle things which is yeah it's horrible Do you know what I mean yeah yeah mad. um now how about you bro how's racism shaped your life um wow <laughs> Maz, I just I can I think I can relate on a lot of levels on your like journey and story and I think a lot of people living in the UK who aren't white can also relate and I just think um I'll start with just reading what it says in James chapter 2 verse 9 and it just says but if you show partiality you are committing sin and I just I just like read that and I was like it's mad because it doesn't say if you exclude someone actively you're committing sin or if it's like if you're racist you're committing sin but it's partiality it's favoritism it's those like as we just said there's little like tiny like microaggressions or like tiny behaviors that make someone feel like they're impartial you know though that's the act of not following god's plan you know and i would definitely say i was basically doing that to myself because of this thing called whitewashing and i think like what mas what you were saying just about like 
I didn't like being Korean for like I would say two or three years of my school life, which is so sad to say because like my friends will say right now at this moment I am the biggest advocate for South Korea at the moment. But <laughs> in those days when I was like, you know, puberty is like the classic stage. But I think at that time, going to like a quite um white uh you know middle class private school in Bristol like, you know I was one of the only few Asian boys, um, or just boys who weren't white in general. And Maz, just as you were saying, like, this subconscious thought of just like, oh, I just wish I was white. It, life would be so much easier, you know? Like, that thought did surround me and it, like, um, was with me for quite a long time. And because I was born in, I was born in Bristol and I was born here, my parents, um, they, tried so hard and they I'm so thankful for the fact that they tried to keep up my like South Korean side you know a lot of the time I call myself an egg because on the outside I'm like colored then on the inside I'm white but then in the core I'm yellow <laughs> that's why I like to call myself because you know I was born Come here on. and stuff but I would say like my core and my my blood is Korean and now yeah at this moment in time I absolutely love that most about myself and I wouldn't change that at all but then in the way of like, um, you know, school is classic, but a lot of like comments, a lot of different jokes um, that were thrown about. And I was talked um, to it with my housemate who um, she's also from China. Um, and we were just talking about like how microaggressions, especially against Asian people, is a thing that a lot of the time is just let, you know, it just happens yeah. and no one talks about it. You know, I think that's another thing that shape me but now I'm just so aware of it and I'm just aware of it in a sense of like oh I thought that was just a joke but it's actually like kind of not okay you know <laughs> um, yeah, and a lot yeah. of the time I just let it happen because if you laugh about it and move on people give you respect you're you have this sense of belonging you have this sense of like fitting in because you, you can just pass it off as a joke you know so I think all of that kind of stuff um, definitely you know as Maz was saying like is the impact of the hurt that it had. And I think, especially even now, like, um, you know, in the news and on Instagram, I've been seeing that post about when Boris Johnson said, Happy New Year, um, Happy Chinese New Year. And even now, in 2021, people are still, you know, saying, oh, why, you know, they bought the virus over and all this kind of stuff. And it, yeah, um, on Facebook, a lot of comments just been like, they don't deserve to have a Happy New Year. They're the ones who started the virus, all this kind of stuff. It's it is quite um you know it just does make your heart sink a little bit you know and i think yeah. um it it just is something that i think um this sense of partiality and like it says in romans chapter 2 for god shows no partiality and it's just like the god who made every single person on this earth does not see our where we're from or our skin color or how we were brought up or our background or you know anything like that he sees the heart and I think it's so sad that a lot of the time I didn't see that about myself and how how lucky I was to be Korean and how amazing it is that Maz you're from Zimbabwe you know this kind of stuff I think it's sad that it's taken you know us a few years but hey right now I couldn't be happier that I'm South Korean but I just think this idea of racism I think as as you're saying Maz it's good it's not good to just continue talking about the hurt because that's not going to change anything but to talk about how this affects us like a lot of the time open up these chats like people realize like 
when I visited one of my friends in North Wales, um, I'm in North Wales at the moment, in Wrexham, but um, I'm with my housemate, he's also from India. Every time we go on a run, or every time we enter Morrison's, or every time we enter the hospital, I get looks, we get looks, and because we're so used to it, we don't mind. Um, and I'm also from Essex, I live in Essex at the moment. Me and my dad walk into a pub. We walked into the pub, I think, when we were watching like England play in the World Cup. Um, everyone looked around and just, you know, looked for like a microsecond and they just looked back. But it's just stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis that I want to talk about. Cause I just, not in a sense of like, oh, feel feel bad for me, like feel sorry for me, but in a sense of this is the reality and this is just what happens and this is what I think um, people like us do have to, you know, adapt to. And I do think this sense of just, um, you know, Jesus's heart for it, I think we can also speak about. And especially like slowly transitioning into this idea of where our identity lies. Um, I think it's something that I've journeyed through. So if, you know, if I talk about where I am now, um, because I think my identity goes way beyond um, we've talked about toxic masculinity, Zach and I, so I think it goes beyond what I, what my masculinity looks like to other people. It goes beyond my socioeconomic status. It goes beyond what kind of school I went to. It goes beyond where I'm from and my skin colour, but it's, it's truly in Jesus Christ. And I think that, for me, is the biggest thing. And, Maz, you said something awesome whilst we were planning. You said that if you expect so much from other people in the sense of, I'm not going to be happy until this person is stopped, you know, no, stops being racist to me, then, mate, I mean, you're just gonna not you're be happy for a long time. time. <laughs> mm, exactly. But when it comes from God, or when it comes from Jesus, who shows no partiality, like it says, Come on. then mm. you will get that, you know, sense of absolute acceptance. And in Galatians, it says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female. For Bible knowledge one being dropped. Jesus. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just for so we are all one. And it's just like, I think that, I think has been such a huge reason. Because racism still happens at uni, you know. Um, last year I was in the SU. Someone looked me in the eye and said coronavirus and laughed. And I was like, wow, you know, this absolutely happens in uni. I'm not okay with it because racism doesn't happen but I know how to handle and work through it because I know what Jesus says about me do you know what I mean so I think Mm. that's a quick whistle stop tour I think of my journey of how things have how my perspective about race has changed I would say you know for sure yeah that's madness I think yeah the heart behind why we want to share this as well is because so me being white I think we we don't want to, and like a lot of our listeners will probably be white. We're in the UK, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we don't want to make anyone feel bad. We don't want to, um, we don't want to say it for saying its sake. But if people aren't moved slightly by it, then there's not going to be any action as a result. And I think if we ever do want to promote change, like you know, to racial injustice, like we if we ever want to pursue justice, then we need to know how it affects real people in real life. Mm. Um, not to make anyone feel guilty about it necessarily, yeah. because, you know, we, we could... I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we could be very good at making white people feel very guilty. Or, or anyways, do you know what I mean? Like, it's that, that's so easy to do, but it doesn't necessarily promote, um, promote justice in that. Um, you guys mm. touched a little bit on identity and how that goes into race. Um, 
whether whether that's growing up around people of different race and wanting to be like that um yeah do you guys want to chat about that a little bit because mm. there's so much we could talk about in that yeah yeah nice. um <laughs> that's a big one right because i mean i think my story is a lot about identity and, and and then who i then identified as growing up and i actually had a chat with um when I went home, so I went home for Christmas, which was beautiful, because Sunshine City. Uh, yes. But it was mad. So I turned 21 in December, and it was beautiful. It was amazing, absolute vibes. But before my birthday, I was full of anxiety because I came home after I hadn't been home for a year and a half, and I had grown up, I'd, I'd built up my life until I left for uni with white friends with a white society around me some of them were my friends because we actually were friends a couple of them others were my friends because um because they were friends with my other white friends and I and I wanted to be white and all these things right and it was crazy because um when I went home and now I I had come to the UK and I had introduced myself to all of you as Zimbabwean black mass and everything you knew about me came wrapped and in you know mixed in with my blackness and my Zimbabweanness and that was never a shock to you you know um I never I never feel comfortable taking a call around you and speaking in China to my family because that's who I am that's what I do that's that's what I speak um, but at home, I never would have done that. I would have shied away. I would have spoken in English because I wanted to look white. And it was really interesting because when I was at home playing my party, I was, I literally had so much, my mom was really worried about me because I didn't know how to mix my white friends and my black friends because at home I had made black friends and I had made white friends. And a lot of my guy friends actually were, were black and my female friends were white. And I was trying to figure out how do I put those two together because more than anything else, um, the the few white friends I was going to invite who, who weren't on holiday because obviously it's Christmas, um, I was worried that they would be at, at my party and be the only white person. And growing up, having been the only black person in, in those environments, I know how it feels. I know how awkward it is to look out and, not, and, and, not, and, and be hit with the fact that you are the only one of that kind, and especially when you haven't um, adjusted to it. And I think anyone of any ethnic minority has has been taught how to has been taught white culture and has been taught how to assimilate with white culture and look like they're a part of it you know if you see me around white people you wouldn't know a thing um because i would just mix in and i have learned i know how to laugh at the right jokes i know how to throw in the right kind of humor um and so i was just worried about my, my white friend in that moment and so I feel like I've tied my I had tied my identity so much at home to 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 being white. Some things ended up being part of who I was. Some of the music I listened to, some of my mannerisms, um, but then some of them were things I put on. And so it was a really interesting thing where my mom was like, "Just don't invite your white friends. Just in, only have your black friends," because she was like, "That just you have more of those at the moment, at least in terms of who's come home over the Christmas holidays, um, and um, it'll just be easier." Because also I was trying to have my family there, and my white friends had never even been to my house. Some of them had been my friend for five, six years and never been to my house because I felt like if they come into my house, they're going to see how black I am, you know? But my black friends are cool. They know, you know? So it was a really, like, mm. intense time in those moments. And then I remember being like, you know, actually, no. Um, that's not who... I'm not going to encourage this... this, this um, characteristic of whitewashing myself and separating my life i'm black but i also have really great white friends and i'm gonna mix those two and you know what and one of my friends actually said invite everyone and see who comes and whoever comes loves you as you are um and the ones who came 
it meant so much to me and i was never able to actually like share that to them but i was like you know what the fact that you took yourself out of your comfort zone knowing you were going to be uncomfortable and not uncomfortable but but there will be a moment of being like oh you know like an odd one out moment um and listening to music that you're not used to and and culture not used to and jokes you're not used to but but assimilating because you love someone so much and they managed to do that and it meant so much to me and it it it, um solidified my identity to remember you know what before I am black or I'm whitewashed or anything else, I'm a child of God. And if you don't love the child of God yes, in sir. me, then 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 what are we doing here? You know? So it was so amazing for me to see my best friend. She came over and she jumped right in. She, you know, she's white, but she was in it and she had a good time. And it warms my heart every time I look at those videos because I'm like, look, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. This is why Jesus brought me to the UK because it taught me to be black but surrounded by white people because yeah i was like because i hope what i would do i'd be white when i was with my white friends for two or three hours then i'd go home and i'll go back to being black and it was great <laughs> but in the uk um white people are everywhere so i couldn't they would if i was going to be white then i'd have to be white forever and i was like i don't really want to do that <laughs> um mm. so it's i think what i've learned um is that god has showed me that there is beauty in being black um but being black is not who i am um mm. And there's beauty in being white, but being white is not who white people are, you know. Um, it's how we've learned to, to define people. But since I've been in the UK, one of the greatest things I have learned, and funny enough from my white friends here, is that you make friends with people because of their characteristics, not how they look, you know. Um, and it has, been, it has been amazing because, I mean, like even right now, sitting in, you know, obviously we're on Zoom, I'm just seeing and I'm like, and actually, funny enough, so you know i led small group with with these amazing guys um and they you, uh, you know nat uh, nat and zach you were in my small groups and it was cool because i remember nat saying this one time and he said because the boys would go upstairs and have their you know prayer time and stuff and and he was like the people i'm sharing stuff with i would never i would never choose by myself to pick these people to share stuff about my yeah. life but it's amazing because what ties us together is jesus and so when Jesus is the thing that's tying you together, what you look like and, and what you like to do in your extracurricular time and whatever doesn't matter because Jesus ties us together. And that's that's your identity. That's our identity. And so we're able to sit here and have this conversation um, looking completely different, acting completely different, walking completely different, loving completely different things, you know, but loving Jesus mm-hmm. and having that, um, you know, be the, the cord that ties us together, which I, which I think is sick. Yeah. Mm, yeah what about great. now what do you think oh spitting bars so i'm just gonna sit here and process that but um, <laughs> fire yeah, fire that is so good and i do think like um first i just want to go back to what we were talking earlier like um as zach was saying this you know this isn't like oh my gosh you know white people have been so mean Racism happens all over the world, you know? Like, I don't want to put South Korea down in any way, but it's it's bad. It's really bad in South Korea. It would be bad in places where white people are the minority, you know? But it is because we are talking from a place where we live in Cardiff at the moment, and, you know, from our personal experience, we also do understand we are extremely lucky that my, ra- like, experience of racism isn't that I haven't been able to come to uni. It's not that I'm being treated differently in terms of, like, you know what i study or stuff like that it's just like microaggressions from people around me there are people out there who are who lose out on huge opportunities because because of their skin color you know so i think 
just speaking from that very fortunate place, you know, we, we are so aware of this, but on this topic of identity, I just do think like, um, it's not like we completely understand when I, you know, hang out with South, South Korean people, there is that sense of like, there's an underlying sense of um, unity that you have with people who are from either your nation or from who are similar to you that's completely human and natural we're not saying that's bad we're not like if you only hang out with white people you know if you're white that's bad in in itself absolutely not you know no but it's that sense of like we're called to love other people like jesus loved us and it's like that comes with a sense of not, you know, seeing the heart. And as Maz was saying, seeing the characteristics of people. And even then, even, you know, if they're someone that you might not hang out with normally, like the sense of loving them, that's that's what Jesus has called us to do, you know? He's not just saying, oh, hang out with people who are different to you. No, no, no. He's saying, love the people who hate you. Yeah. And that's, that's what hate me. It's Come not like, on. It's not <laughs> um yeah it's not just like be nice um include them be nice to them you know um yeah but i think that's so challenging because being asian in the uk i'm not that still applies to me you know it's not like Mm. oh just because i'm not white it's like that doesn't apply to me because white people have to be nice to me like no 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 obviously racism exists and stuff but the main main core of why racism exists is because people don't see past that you know i think so like flipping it around i think that's the aim and i think everyone's identity you know if you do see it as them being a child of god you will treat them like a child of god like they were made in the image of god um from the womb like hand-knitted like god personally loves them and personally died yeah. for them on the cross and i think if we have that attitude and I, I, it's just cool that a lot of our podcast episodes we do come back to this message it's like that's what we're talking about of you know and like the core reason why racism is a thing i guess just goes back to that and i think i can't remember if i said this in the last week's episode but my like verse of the year that um God gave to me was um let us not love with words of speech but with actions and in truth from one John chapter three which is like yes. a big chapter about um just loving people as you know we were loved and stuff and I think <laughs> to quote Black Eyed Peas alongside the Bible <laughs> come on uh, <laughs> they, you better you know, say it um in that classic banging timeless song um where is the love they they say um if we only love our own race then we only leave space to discriminate and i just every time i hear that i'm literally like okay the the phrase you know if we only have love um and you've definitely said this before as well but just being christian like if you love people who accept you and love you back and who are similar to you for example if that's people who are asian you know that's great but if you don't love the people who are different to you who don't like you back who are annoying this and that and who are very different have very different views that's you know that's where jesus comes Mm. in that's where faith comes in so i think that in that sense like that's quite convicting for us through on this zoom call for christians who are listening for for everyone who's listening just like your real character and your real faith and your real relationship with Jesus shines through in those moments when you interact with people who are so different from you. And you just have to think, like, as a South Korean person, like, 
a lot of like lads banter in the UK and, and a lot of stuff like that. Not that I don't understand it because I was born here, but a lot of stuff Korean people do differently, you know? Um, mm. A lot of things are just different, but I just think completely seeing past that and loving people like Jesus loved us is like, it's so hard, firstly. It mm. is challenging. But I think just thinking it, at it from that place, I think if you respect other people's identity, like as Maz was saying, as a child of God, then I think change would be seen. Um with actions, you know, not just with words. And I think, Zach, you said something really cool whilst we're planning, just about, like, um, like what was the word? Um, being silent in, like, when race, stuff like racism was going on. Can you, like, touch yeah, on that? Yeah, of course. I can't actually remember where I heard it. And it's definitely a paraphrase, but it's along the lines of, like, if you're being silent in the face of oppression, you side with the side of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Um and just applying that to, you know, to the the context that we face today, which is there is racial injustice in our world. If we, if we do nothing about it, we side on the side of nothing gets changed. Mm. Yeah. And it's all very well to... It's, and it's definitely in my experience and with growing up being white, around white friends, it's so easy to be like, ah, well, I'm not actively racist. Um, to be so and it's not ingrained into you being white is to be so passive mm. about it um, but that doesn't actually like improve anything um, mm-hmm. and that only and when it's <laughs> if something doesn't get improved over a long period of time it gets worse um, mm. so it's almost the worst thing you can do is to kind of stay out like especially as a so for me I've never I've never experienced overt racism you know I'm white I've benefited of white privilege growing up in the UK that's you know that's how it that's how it is for me um and it's not and because of that i need to be very aware of that to not be like i'm white so it doesn't affect do you know what i mean that's the worst attitude i could have yet i grew up with a lot of people that you know when it's not when it's something you don't consider that is like a default attitude um and ideally like racial justice is huge and that's god's heart for it you know that's that's what heaven looks like where there's justice regardless of you know regardless of your skin color of your race whatever it is um but to get a step towards that it it involves being active like Mm. sitting around and you know thinking "Mm, black lives do matter yes you know racism is a good thing isn't quite enough um so yeah we are going to get on to some points um about kind of how to be practical in that um, before we before, do that, sorry, yeah, excited to jump we off. Do that, you go, my, go my. <laughs> But no, I just really wanted to because you know, like you said, um, silence is is kind of complicitness or whatever. Um, you know, and and we don't we we obviously me and Nat have spoken. We don't want Zach to then be painted as the silent one in this. <laughs> I actually because um, <laughs> you know it it goes look like that. Um, I I actually want to ask Zach um, because you're friends with you know, quite a colourful bunch of people, um, not just in skin colour. <laughs> um, but you you have you have managed to essentially not be racist, um, but it's not that it's not like you're it's not like we're saying go and stand in front of, you know, the the city hall and be like, you know, Black Lives Matter. But basically I think I've 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 definitely met a couple of white people who have struggled with this concept of Black Lives Matter or or really just any, you know, 
BAME group, any any kind of um, minority life matters, um, and, and trying to fight back that with all lives matter. So I just kind of want to hear from you as a white person, how does Black Lives Matter make you feel? And do you do you understand why it makes some white people feel uncomfortable? Like, what what is your view on mm. that? Yeah, so in terms of the, like, yeah, going back, so going back to those people that all lives matter. Oh, it's <laughs> it's true. It's triggering because it's it's an issue, and that's a, that's a complete that's avoiding the issue and creating a new issue within it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in terms of me personally, um, I actually had a very like you guys were mentioning in your kind of growing up, like, wh- and in your context in which you grew up, like, it was almost like subconsciously passively racism like that whole effect of it was like oh you kind of wanted to be white yeah. kind of identity not kind of i wanted to be white i wanted like deeply um which is which is mad when you said it because so when i grew up um as some of you guys might know i i'm a big basketball player fan i'm not a big player at all I don't, <laughs> yeah I, not like that you know you I, big I'm right. <laughs> that is not how i meant to say it but um, I grew up playing a lot of basketball and I grew up in a very, very white city of birth. Very white middle class. Um, so so white middle class that there wasn't even a basketball club in the whole of Bath. Because um, predominantly basketball, like, basketball is a predominantly black sport. Um, yeah. You get, it's very multicultural. We had to go to Bristol to get, get to a good club. Um, <laughs> so I grew up going to Bristol and my teammates were not really white. They were mm. all like so multicultural you know so the people I ended up looking up to when I was kind of like early teens um they they were black they were Asian and that influenced me growing up you know the music I listened to like I fell in love with rap music Mm. most rappers are black do you know what I mean um Mm. definitely not white um so you know Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is who I wanted to be when I was younger (laughs) I wanted to dress like him I wanted to have have a flat top like him that was like to the point where I would say, I look back and be like, oh, I definitely wanted to be black. Or I, def- or I wanted to be Asian, you know. My mm. friends were, they were black, but they were Filipino in my basketball mm. team. And mm. they were who I looked up to, um, you know. They had, they, they were funny. They were athletic. They were like, that was like White who I wanted to be White people can be those things time, too. You know? <laughs> 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 which, which is mad, because that was like a subconscious, like, I... In basketball, there's, like, a stereotype, like, if you're a white basketball player, you're, like, really not athletic, you're a really good shooter. There's, like, it's so, such a funny stereotype. And I was so, like, convinced to, like, not be that stereotype, to, to like, on. play, like, a... Um, but it got quite, like, quite deep to a point where, like, if someone was, like, oh, you, you're, like, you think you're, you're black and something, I'd kind of, like... I was, like, oh, cool, nice. Um, just, you know, growing up and not being entirely cemented on my identity, but... Because of that, I made a really big effort to like um, to know a bit about other cultures other than my own, which yeah. um, I'd say is step one to understanding people from other cultures and being able yeah. to love them well, which yeah. kind of happened to me by accident just because those were like, you know, my role models weren't really white when I was that, that age, um, which was, was cool. And as I've grown up, I've become very much comf- like much more comfortable in my white identity like I'm I'm hella white you know and I'm okay with that that's who I am and I shouldn't avoid that um, absolutely but at the same time it's kind of like been a weird way of me being able to like really like appreciate other cultures that aren't my own 
which yeah. um yeah so i would just say to any of like our viewers which i'm imagining the demographic is mostly white just generally yeah. being in cardiff um or in the uk itself but like making an effort to understand cultures other than your own to not be narrow-minded such yeah. a easier said than done i know but to like open yourself up to ideas of other cultures as simple as things like food come on like white food can get a bit bland <laughs> have you tried to... <laughs> uh, we're not gonna say anything on that yeah you got <laughs> i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop that's it that's all like... i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying you know there's there's other styles from other places there's other music from other places food everything is just add, add a bit of spice into your life whatever culture that, do you know what i mean like yeah when you yeah. appreciate things that aren't what you know already because we the way we're raised is our own little bubble and it can get really narrow-minded and you know i grew up in such a white middle-class place that it would be very easy to stay very narrow-minded and Mm. actually passively become like that's what that would be all i know and that would be you can become passively racism by if if you let yourself i think Listen, um, if as a black girl I can become essentially almost racist on myself living in a black country, mm. you can be racist coming from anywhere. And I think that's oh, the first exactly. question is asking yourself, exactly. have I been subconsciously affected and do I need to like take kind of take ownership of that and make a change? Mm, yeah. For sure, for sure. And like, like I would encourage in the sense that that phrase, be curious, not judgmental, I feel like you on. really do personify that, bro, genuinely, because like I've seen you with Korean drinks and Korean food and honestly if we talk about if we talk about like not tips but you know what I mean just like ways in which you can really make a change that for me was huge because there was in school stuff like a lot of people I just wouldn't feel safe talking about like my culture not safe but like I wouldn't feel comfortable with myself talking about that kind of stuff but when people are curious and do like show an active interest that means so much coming from me you know it means so much and like um maz i remember you like introduced me to like a zimbabwean song or something and like when when we just vibe to that like that just shows that you are not just saying i'm not racist it's like no you're not racist but you love other people's Mm. culture you appreciate it and i think it goes way beyond like people of different colors like just by being friends with um my housemate who's from india like within india within south india there's so many different types of food different types of cultures religions Mm. everything so it goes beyond just color just like anyone who has slightly different views being curious about that is just so powerful and it just shows a lot because you know not being funny nah i can't love you without loving the korean in you do you know do you know what i mean like Amen to that. Like, I I can't care about you without caring about the Zimbabwean, like, your your heritage, do you know what I mean? Um, And that doesn't have to be, like, necessarily, like, get to know you because you're black. That's not what it is. That's not what we're saying. Do you know what I mean? It's, but it's loving all of you. (laughs) Black fans, sorry. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? It's, like, all of you, it's as a holistic part, and that comes with it. Um, In terms of making an effort with you that's making an effort with understanding you is important yeah yeah 100% I saw um I saw this so so like whenever I'm on Instagram I, I was talking to to my to my housemate and I was saying you know 
um it's interesting whenever i scroll and i see mixed race couples it always warms my heart um not because i'm saying hey let's all go and marry mixed race people because there's nothing the day people have types you know people have whoever mm. they want to marry you, you want to marry a short person tall person black person white person that's that's what you want and no one's going to question that but whenever i just see mixed race couples for myself besides the fact that they make some beautiful babies um it's the fact yeah, that sure. For me, if you can love someone, if you can choose someone out of the whole world who is that different to you physically, um, and it comes with so much cultural difference, that says something to me about the characteristic of the person, you know. And um, mm. Mm. I just think, and and not even as far as marriage. Today I was in placement, and I saw one of like two of my friends sitting next to each other, and they completely different cultures one completely white 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 boy and then this completely like south indian girl just full deep in it you know talking and laughing and i was like come on if that's not the gospel if that's not what jesus is talking about when he says you know when you saw me hungry when you saw me this and you spoke to me and and that that sense of like mm. you know what heaven is gonna look multicultural and multicolored and one bible verse that i really love and i was looking at today um revelation 7 verse 9 says um i'm actually going to read it because it's just so beautiful um it says after this i looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could come from every nation tribe people and language standing before the throne and before the lamb they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb and i'm just like mm. if Amen. you are uncomfortable around people of different cultures right now heaven is going to be real difficult for you you know cuz it's going to be everybody and you better get used to it on this side of heaven mm. you know because god yeah. created all of us equal and loves us all equal so how can you not in the very least be curious you know like mm. what nat was saying I'm, we're not saying like you can't be friends with all white people that that's not that's that's how you want to be friends with that's not my problem but what i'm saying is go out and learn about like like i think something that's crazy is a white boy talking to a hijabi girl come on is that not jumping borders because go and find out yeah. listen you probably like pokemon go together like i don't know like have have <laughs> something to talk about and remember that god still created that person even though they're different to you um which oh, yes. is yeah. is sick and and i back that definitely i think like <sighs> i think you you're li- <laughs> you you're literally limiting life's fullness if you if you yeah. limit yourself to your own culture do you know what i mean Come there's on. there's a lot more to life than the culture you grew up in um mm. with that just as we uh transition towards a close i want to know guys what is your what we'll all do one um i can start if you like but your one tip for actively going about uh racial like promoting racial justice and a step towards what it's going to be like in heaven do you know like well cuz yeah active active racism we're not talking about that necessarily but ob- obviously don't be racist but we're talking <laughs> about making an effort to promote a a culture um promoting a culture where we love each other regardless of you know tribe skin color country whatever that is um yeah. so yeah what is your kind of like well should we go for a one piece of step piece of step mm-hmm. one piece of advice for a step towards that kind of thing. Um I'll kick us off. I would just say and I kind of like mentioned it before but make an effort to understand cultures that aren't your own. Mm-hmm. Um 
that can be as easy as learn some cooking apart from a roast dinner, you know. Um, <laughs> Don't knock the <laughs> roast I mean, dinner. Like, I back that. <laughs> mm, ask, ask, your fr- ask your friends of different backgrounds for some recipes or f- mm. for some inspiration or or even some some style, you know, or some some dance moves, you know. Ask ask Maz for some dance moves. Um, obviously, that's better than me. So <laughs> I've, I've got stuff to learn from her. Um, that's that's my advice. Nice. Maz? Um, I would say don't be so afraid to offend or be offended. Come on now, guys. Mm. There is too much in this world that will offend people for you to stop yourself learning about cultures by blocking that because I don't want to offend them. Please, please come to me and ask to touch my hair so that I can tell you no. Like, and and, and learn from that. (laughs) Learn from me telling you no. (laughs) Like, you know, I think, Mm. one thing I think is really funny is that if I went to Nat right now and I um, was to say something (laughs) that was like, if I said something like, oh, you know, like you're yellow skinned or something like that, right? And that's wrong and that's incorrect. I am not scared to say that to him because then he corrects me and I don't go out in this, these streets acting a fool, you know? But mm, if you sure. are not scared to go up and come and ask me something like, oh, how did you, like, just, just talk to me. And so I think the the basis of that is start conversations, do not afraid to offend. I would rather learn something than not learn something and be acting a fool out in these streets. So, one hundred start conversation. That's so true. Mm. It's like, it's like, not revising for an exam because you're scared to fail. It's like you will, you will mess up. You will say some questionable things, but if if you do it with the right intent, it will be fine because that other person knows that you're doing it. If your heart is right, then it will. Like, if you're doing it to kind of for a laugh in a group, then. Save yeah. it, you know? <laughs> but Stop. if you have that right heart, you know, I think yeah. that's so good. Because um, I think even, like, asking or having that curiosity shows that you care to get it right. <laughs> rather than yeah. Rather than being afraid to get it wrong, it shows that you do have a heart to get it right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I think mine would be one of my biggest memories of first year. I was walking back from a night out. Um, speaking of night outs, check out our drinking episode last week. Anyway, um, <laughs> we were walking back from a night out and um, I think someone on the street just said quite a rude word to my flatmate who's a uh, who's from India. And we were walking uh, with one of our really cro- close friends who's also a medic. Uh, she's from Exeter. She's um, basically only had white friends. And she literally stopped in her steps, turned around and screamed at this guy. And she was like, you are racist. Like, you are... Ra-. Again, I'm not saying every time you see racism, you need to shout or do anything like that. But in that moment, me and Gloria were just stood there like... Like, we felt so supported and so, like, again, you know, just shouting and being angry, you know, isn't the only way to do it. But in that moment, I was just like, that courage to just be like, no, that is not okay. That is not okay. And, like, just, I think it, you know, definitely just because she was white, I think, just showed her awareness of it. And, like, um, she wasn't, she didn't feel uncomfortable just to be like, no, like, that was racist, don't say that, you know, I think that's so huge, and, like, I think from another point of view, it's just, like, um, Maz and I are doing this Bible in one year kind of thing, um, and they just said something about, 
um, saying certain things and um, they're basing the commentary wrote, is it kind? Is it true? And is it helpful? Um, so I think those three things... And I is think it just, necessary? Is it necessary? Yeah, 100%. Just like, just like, just one second before you say a certain comment or even if you're asking Maz or I certain questions, you just think slightly, you know, a bit more just like how to phrase it or how to do certain things because you can be curious with it sounding a little bit, you know, you know. <laughs> so I think that's what <laughs> and, I'd say. And even like, if you're, if it's something you're not sure, if it's okay to ask, explain why you, wh- exactly. why you want to know in terms of like, yes. yeah. so, yeah. so if I were to ask, ask Sonata a weird question about him being Korean, that he knows I'm not saying it to make, to be funny, yeah. but because I don't want to get it wrong because I do want to get it right. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a very, yeah. it's a different thing. Um, and we but could all do with also just that careful a, curiosity. A shout out to those, you know, one, two, three, black, Asian, whatever, listening to this. Y'all need to stop getting offended at everything. Listen, racism is happening and we know it's happening. And I know it's unfair that you always have to be the one forgiving. But that is the that is the world Christ has called us to. We are always to forgive 70 times, seven times. So, yes, you will get sick of forgiving, but you do need to forgive because if you don't forgive your friend when they make a mistake, they're never going to learn. They will every time you like the truth is when someone feels like they've done wrong, they shy away and they get ashamed and they get guilty and then they, they hide and they stay where they were. They get stuck. But if you mm. forgive, if you let them make an error and you let them and you teach them, because someone once said to me, a black person said, it's not my job to teach them. I'm like, so who's going to do it? Because then you'll be mad when your great grandkids are still having racism to them because you weren't willing to teach someone for two seconds that, hey, that's rude. That's offensive. Let me tell you why that makes me upset. So yeah. please, guys, do not get offended every two seconds. Yes, things people say hurt. But take it to God because he's like, I'll carry your burdens. I'll carry your hurt. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely would recommend mm. offense is not the first answer, guys. Um, yeah. Preach it, sister. Preach that dying. <laughs> that was some sauce. I think that's the best, best thing to finish on. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, come on now. I'm, I'm still... I'm processing right now. I know. <laughs> oh, that's mm. so good. We're about to drop this on every social media. Everybody needs to listen to this. Come on now. Just 100%. Super hot fire. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Maz, thank you so, so much for being with us mm. this week. Oh, oh. wow. No, I think this might be my, my favorite episode yet, you know. Mm. Favorite episode <laughs> yet. Now, saying. guys, it was an honor to to be in the space and to to listen to guys who are willing to change to change society because this is how things change. You guys start having conversations, and you make your white friends start having conversations, and you make your black friends start having conversations, you make your Asian friends start having conversations, and one and by one, race as well. <laughs> one, <laughs> one by one, one by one. Come on, one by one, mm. we're gonna we're gonna make Amen. Earth look a little bit more like the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. Wow. Oh, well, Maz, it's been so good to have you. Nat, this has been a blast. 100%. Well, thanks so, for, so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Um, but yeah, we hope you have a vibe and very, very wholesome. Awesome.